Welcome to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance, where top-level COOs share the insights, tactics, and strategies that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Clinton Senko, the co-founder and COO for Influensive. I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about you and the business and, and how you, um, I guess, got involved with Influensive and, and as a co-founder um, and also COO, how you work kind of as the chief behind the chief. So why don't you maybe tell us how you guys started the business, what it is you do day to day, and then also give us some of your background, maybe as to how you got the skills to be able to run a company and, um, and work behind or with a CEO. Yeah, no, that's great. No, thanks a lot for having me on. So um, yeah, I guess the kind of the best way to start and, and just kind of give a little bit of background, um, you know, for the listeners in terms of how Influenza was started. So so our founder CEO, my partner, Brian D. Evans, and he was actually um, someone that's done a, a lot of really great things in business. And um, he was an Inc. 500 entrepreneur in 2015. Um, he had the 25th fastest growing marketing and advertising company in the US. And um, he's worked on a lot of really great projects. And he was someone that kind of always behind the scenes. He never really, um, you know, got out, kind of was in front of, you know, the whole personal branding thing and um, never really did all these great things behind the scenes. So what he was doing is he was kind of like at this point, um, you know, in his business and professional career where he was ready to kind of step outside the box a little bit. And he, uh, you know, at one point is funny, um, you know, coming from someone uh, like Brian that I've I've known so well and, and got to know a lot over the past few years is he was someone that has all this great knowledge, all this great experience, but he just kind of wanted to keep it inside of him. And he didn't think anyone really wanted to know what he had to say or, um, you know, the experiences that he had and the wisdom that he has. So he um, actually bought the domain influence of like, now it's probably like six years ago, six, seven years ago, I actually didn't do anything with it. Um, it was around um, the way that we like to say it is give or take two and a half years ago, around January 2016 is, is basically when kind of when Brian kind of um, focused fully on influence and building it into what it is today is, is he basically started it as a personal blog. It was basically a site to, um, you know, share his wisdom, share his experience through entrepreneurship, through building and growing and selling businesses. And okay. um, as he started to kind of take that to the next level, he started to see that started to get a following, started to focus on his personal brand and, and kind of one thing led to another. And, and when I kind of joined the picture was it was a few months into him kind of focusing on Influensive and he approached me and, and we were working on a few different projects at the time. And he asked me to come be a writer for the platform. And um, at this time I was writing for the, all these other different websites and, and whatnot. So I said, sure, I'll come write for you. And so I came and wrote on the site. And after about two articles, I saw the potential in the brand. I saw, I loved the name. I loved the message, the vision, everything that we really had for the business. And I also um, just really started to see who Brian was. And I, and I got to know him really well. And I knew there was a lot that I could learn from him and, and everything that he's done with business so far. So that's where I knew with his skill set and the skills that I could bring to the table that you know we could really you know take this to the next level. And so basically, from there, obviously, with the help of, uh, of many, many contributors over the past few years, we've been able to take, you know, influensive from a few thousand readers per month to a couple million readers per month and, and, and page views on the site per month to, um, you know, no social media following to, um, I don't know where we're at right now currently, but we're probably around 1.2, 1.3 million social followers across Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and so on. So, and we're, we're proud to say that we have 
you know, contributors basically all around the world, over 400 that contribute content to us, um, you know, on a regular basis, whether it's daily, monthly, weekly, um, whatever is kind of good for them. So, so yeah, I just kind of joined the picture a couple months in and in terms of, I guess, you know, the other part to your question is kind of like my day to day is, uh, my day-to-day ranges from a lot of different things, obviously from everything from contributors and writers to the platform that are needing help with you know, different articles or changing of bios or pictures or people wanting to write for us. So I have new contributors that are coming to us. I mostly focus on the brand stuff, business development partnerships. So working with different brands, we've done some types of influencer type campaigns and native advertising type campaigns and I kind of focus on that stuff and Brian has really been the mastermind kind of behind the scenes that has been able to really facilitate the growth that we've had um, and really kind of maintain the website and everything. And then we obviously have um, a few other team members that also help us with different things ranging from content, whether it's stuff on social media or whether it's, you know, content and editing, you know, the content that our writers submit to us. So, um, so yeah, hopefully that kind of, I guess, provides a little (laughs) bit of a, a little bit of a background. Well, and, and the growth has been like, as you put it, like you didn't say stratospheric, but the growth's been stratospheric to go from, from zero to a few million um, you know, readers monthly in that short of a period of time. How many total writers do you have ballpark in the system? And then um, how many you know, full-time and freelance employees do you have just so we get a scope of what you're managing and the complexity of it all? Yeah, so we're very... Um it's it's kind of I've learned this from Brian and it's something it's you know that I it can also be you know a blessing in disguise because because obviously as you know building and scaling businesses it's important to bring in people with different skill sets that can help do things that possibly you're doing and anything and everything so in terms of the, the writers so as it works right now everyone is is freely contributing to our platform we've built such a great platform for entrepreneurs businesses and brands to get, you know, reach an audience, get a lot of shares, get a lot of visibility, get a lot of publicity um, from our platform. So um, in terms of our writers, I actually don't know the exact number. I know we've had over six to 700, give or take people that have applied to become a writer on Influensive, but we are at this stage now, we are very, very selective. Um, We're not um, looking for um, basically having any type of person, person write for us. We want to have, you know, someone that maybe is the business owner that they've written a little bit, or they have some content, they have some great wisdom and experiences to share. So, um, we are a little bit more selective, but I would say probably that number of writers is anywhere from 350 to 400, give or take. Um, and that's not like all of them contributing every month. Some, um, we don't put our writers in a box. If you want to write, you know, four times a year, that's totally fine. If you want to write and submit three articles a month, that's great as well. So there's all those writers are kind of on their own um, timetable and and depending on what fits them and their schedule. And in terms of kind of, you know, employees and in terms of um, freelancers and so on and so forth, we have anywhere from around five to 10 different, you know, support staff that kind of help Brian and I facilitate everything from content on the website to content on social media, creating things, um, all that, all that stuff kind of behind the scenes that sometimes you don't really see as you're building business. So we keep it very, very lean for obviously our reach and for everything that we're doing on scale. But um, definitely as we continue to grow and, and, and the way that you obviously already figured this out too, and just for the listeners is we're still very early. We still have a lot to, a lot of room to grow still want to do a lot of really great things with Influensive. So we're only two and a half years in. 
Um, so I definitely see us as we continue to move along in 2018 and in 2019 that, you know, we will start bringing on, you know, more full-time employees and, and more people to help do some of the things that Brian and I, um, you know, have been doing kind of from the beginning. Well, I mean, you've got a ton of complexity though, even with that many writers and a small team, there's a ton of complexity. It's kind of like herding cats, I would imagine. So what, what kind of technology tools and systems do you use to be able to, um, not control, but to be able to manage the complexity and manage the people and manage all the moving parts? What are some of your hacks or tools that you're using? Yeah, I think um, I think there's a few that we use kind of internally to to kind of help things, and and I think one thing that I'm sure you've started to realize, and and I've started to realize, but it's almost at times a little bit overwhelming is. I try and stay away from email communication um, as much as I can because I've just found we get so many emails. There's so much going on. Um, you get one one day. If you don't stay on top of your email, it just, you know, after a few days can just blow up and you forget to email this person, that person. And and then today's day and age, we're so mobile and we want answers right away and we're on our phones and this and that. So I think there's a lot of really great um, messaging platforms that you can use internally within your team. And it doesn't really matter what business you're running or doing. I think it's important to have some sort of messaging platform that you can access from your phone, talk to your team, message your team, get questions answered right away. And one of the ones that we use is Slack. So we, we like using Slack and, and being able to, you know, communicate with our, with our team, with other writers, answer questions. But the other thing is, is I also find that there are times when, you know, I am on another platform, say like Facebook and, you know, some of our writers or, you know, other people that we work with know that I'm on Facebook and the conversation kind of transitions <laughs> to Facebook as well. Right. So it's like, it's, it's still trying to find like that happy medium. And I think we're so overwhelmed with so many messaging platforms that yeah. I'm still trying to find like that best way to manage all these different writers to manage all of our communications internally. But I definitely know for myself, email communication is not the greatest. And I don't really push that on people. I would rather use messaging platforms, whether it's Facebook Messenger, whether it's Slack, whether it's WhatsApp, whatever it is to, you know, communicate and, and kind of move things, you know, more, uh, more smoothly and more efficiently. And I, I don't know, I guess the kind of hack or insight that I can give um, to the listeners is I think it's important kind of early on to, to talk with your employees, to talk with your team members, see what they use, see what's easy for them and really find that happy medium. I don't think you're ever going to really find a platform that everyone is going to like or that everyone is you know, going to agree with. But if you can find a platform or a messaging um, system that works efficiently and can move the business forward and, and get the majority of people on board, um, I think it's going to help um, prevent that email clutter that we all get. And I think you'll be able to push the needle a lot further and a lot quicker with just kind of making decisions and, and helping with your team as well. I love that, you, that you're saying you just kind of find out what tools that your employees use and try to work with them on that stuff too. So you're kind of removing obstacles and making it easier for them to work versus forcing them into a system. I would, I would love if someone would create some kind of a bot or a tool that would allow an auto reply to be set up from all the platforms I don't want to be communicating on back <laughs> to the one I do because um, unlike you, I'd rather be on email because um, that's one that my, my assistant's triaging for me and we can kind of run from that and drop it into Asana or Wonderlist. Right. 
but all the messages I'm getting on Facebook and instant messenger and LinkedIn, yep. Instagram is like, fuck, I, actually on my list this week of to do's is to go through my Facebook to unbury myself because I just got slammed with a bunch of messages from a request that I put up and, and right. I need some way to just say, Hey, email me, but none of those platforms want you off their platform. So they won't allow an auto reply. Which is kind of right. Cool. See, and that's, uh, yeah. And that's where I think it's really, it's kind of that, you know, personal choice by a lot of people and, and what kind of works for you. And that's where I think there's no um, one size fits all right for, for yeah. any business or any entrepreneur, or any CEO or CEO or whoever. And that's where I kind of made this conscious decision like four or five years ago um, when it came to social media I wanted to create all my social platforms to be a tool for me in myself and business and what I, you know, am creating and all the projects that I'm a part of and something that I found probably over, which is funny. Um, and, and you might find it kind of hilarious, but like over the last year, two years, um, Facebook, honestly, for me is a business tool. Um, it's, it's, sure. it, it's the number it's, uh, I use it more frequently than I do LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn very a lot as well but I use it for calls. I use it for messaging. Like I call people through Facebook messenger that I'm already messaging with. And I just say, Hey, instead of going to Skype or instead of, you know, typing in my number, you know, to call me on my cell, let's just call within the app. And it's a great way to efficiently just stay within one system and use that rather than jumping all over these, you know, different, um, different platforms. So that's something that I've kind of noticed that um, was kind of surprising to me. And when I tell people that they're like, Oh, like you don't use Facebook. Um, you know, just to like share like funny cat videos or, um, you know, to share photos for your family. And it's just like, I try to keep it as professional as possible, but also show who I am and what I'm doing, but keep it as, as professional as possible and use it as a business tool. Yeah. I've, I've not tried to go professional as possible just because, um, it's never been me anyway. So, and, and so I, <laughs> I, I, I'm completely transparent, whatever hits my mind, I throw it up there. And some people have gone, dude, that's weird. Like last night I posted something about, you know, the government census says that people on average fart 20 times a day. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I love it. I'll, I'll throw it out there. And then the next post is like, Hey, here's our second in command podcast. And you guys should share it with your friends. And people like, I love it. But whatever, it's me and they realize I'm human, right? Um, totally. What's interesting for me with my business is I started my company 11 years ago this month. Okay. And really, Facebook started getting adopted around 11 years ago. I was using it. It got junk my last one or two months there. My entire business evolved and grew on the Facebook platform. It's where my brand got built. It's where people knew who I was. Right. You know, all, all the speaking. I've done 490 speaking events in 28 countries in the last 11 years. And I talked about all of them on Facebook. So right, that's awesome. A great, great business tool for me. But I'm starving for a platform. I wish someone would build a platform where we could only have 200 friends, hmm. where there was no marketing allowed. And because there's only 200 friends, you wouldn't be marketing because, like, how can you market to 200 people? Right. That would be like the place where you would would have to be ruthless about who you're going to be really friends with, and then you just share your real friend stuff and. Because I'm missing that social community of friends when I, I have such a big brand that right. I don't want to say no to people joining me, but then I'm like, I really don't want to read everybody's social feeds because I don't know what my friends are doing. Right. No, that's, um, that's actually a really cool way to, to think of it because I think, you know, obviously something that, that I'm sure you've done, you know, in your career with the levels of success that you've reached and something that I've, you know, consciously done over the last few years too is, you know, it's not 
uh, to me, it's not about the the number of followers or the how big my community is. It's it's the quality that is the number one thing to me. And when it comes to that, is really just the people that you choose to surround yourself with. And you know, I'd rather have you know three to five really close friends that I can call on at any time to help with something or get their insight or get their business advice. You know, rather than having hundreds or thousands of people that I don't even really know or that are just following me or that I, you know, went to high school with or whatever. So I think that's a really cool way to think of it as a social platform where you only have a, you have a set number and the set number is really, really low because I think it's really, really important kind of as you move, move along in life and business that you need to surround yourself with the right people and, and to reach those reach those different levels of success. And it's always someone that I'm, I'm trying to hang out with people that, um, you know, make me feel better, that make me want to keep moving forward, that make me want to hit the other, um, you know, stepping stone in my career that are at different levels of success that I can help or they can help me. And, and I think there's a lot of kind of, you know, junk out there, I guess you could say in terms of people that, you know, you might be connected with that you don't really have a relationship with, it, with anymore. Yeah. And, and I've got two groups. I've got the business associates that I want to have deep business relationships with. And, you know, I, I'm managing those through contactually. And every day my assistant drops me a note and says, is there anybody that you spoke with today or worked with today that we want to add to that list so you can stay in touch with them? Right. But then I need the platform to say, no, Cameron can't accept you as a friend because we're only allowing 200. <laughs> so the, so the platform is the bad person. Right now on Instagram, I only follow about 30 or 40 friends on Instagram, but I have a whole bunch of other people following me and I almost want to block a bunch of people, but then it feels rude. So I kind of need the platform to block them for me somehow. I don't know. Yeah. So tell me about the relationship um, between you and Brian. How do you, and, and you're remote, where's Brian based out of? Yeah. So Brian's actually based out of LA um, and I'm up here in Canada and yeah, we've, we've done it. Everything that we've done with influence over the last few years has been for the most part remotely lately over the last probably six to 12 months, we've kind of made it more of an effort to kind of meet up every couple months or whatever, whether I come down to LA or um, just so we can have a little bit of FaceTime. But for the most part, we've done everything that we've done remotely which a lot of people are probably like, how do you do that? And I just think that's just the business landscape that we're in um, nowadays where I don't think it really matters where your location is. We have the tools, we have the internet, we have all these amazing things that we can do. So in terms of the relationship that Brian and I have developed is, is yeah, we've developed this business relationship, but friendship where there's different skill set that he can bring to the table and that he focuses on or that he's good at. And there's certain things that I'm good at that I focus on. Um, and, and I contribute, you know, to, to the, to the brand and to the business and, and to everything that I think it's just really important as you get to know someone, especially in business and in partnerships is, is, is really making sure that whoever that person is, that you, you like that person, that you can work with them in an effective manner in a positive manner. Because I know in business school, cause I have a business degree and I know probably of the different structures that they always said is, you know, the different, like being a sole proprietor and, and just yourself or solopreneur. And then, you know, there's partnerships and then there's all these different structures of businesses. And I remember always like my, my teachers and professors were always like, Oh, partnerships are, you know, the worst ones to get into and they're terrible and, and all this type of stuff. And I've kind of been, I guess, fortunate for, for the, the relationship that Brian and I've been able to develop that, um, I think it's great that we can be in such like be synchronized, I guess, um, with each other 
that um, it's, it's, it's an asset because there's two of us that are building the brand that are building our skill sets rather than just one of us because I don't think either one of us could have brought the brand to the scale that we're at right now. So I think it's really great to, to just find that partnership. And if you find that business relationship and partnership with someone, I think it's really important to kind of, you know, keep working at it and keep getting better at it. And, you know, using that to your advantage, because I think a lot of people see it as a negative joining a partnership or joining forces with somebody else. And, um, you know, maybe it doesn't go as well, or you hear a horror story or whatever, but, but I'm, I'm definitely um, excited to just be involved with Brian and we've just built this relationship with each other where um, it's based on trust. It's based on results. It's um, it's a really great relationship that we have. Well, yeah. And I, I can't see any teachers or professors that have really got the right to actually talk about businesses <laughs> because never, most of them never run them. So exactly. So no, but and what tools do you guys use? Or do you have like, you know, date night? Do you have certain meeting rhythms that you have to keep you in sync? How do you get on the same page with vision and with the plans? You know, how do you deal with all that? Yeah, you know what? It's it's this is what's kind of funny, I feel like, with our relationship. So what I've noticed is and I've learned this from Brian and the way that he works is Brian is very um when he gets a thought in his mind or I need to do this or I need to put something in action or this is what I need to focus on. Like he is like, boom, laser focus, boom, gets that done. Like this is, this is it. And something that I kind of originally was, was kind of like, Hey, let's have, you know, set calls every week or let's touch base or this and that. And, and we kind of started doing that a little bit. And then I kind of noticed with Brian is he's, and it's funny because you have, um, you know, a great book that's called Meetings Suck that uh, we aren't like big meeting guys. I originally kind of was a meeting guy and whatever, you know, let's just touch base. And um, we've kind of got to the point where there's no point in us jumping on a call just to jump on a call to hear each other's voice. It's important once in a while. But the amazing thing is, is through, you know, whether it's through iMessage, whether it's through Facebook, like we have 20 different you know, chats going on with different projects and things that we're working on that we're always in touch with each other. Um, we talk on obviously on a daily basis. It might not be like actually phone calls, but we are always up to speed with each other and what's going on and where we are and what we're focusing on. Um, we just don't have like a set schedule of meetings or we meet on this day or whatever, but something that I, I think it has been really great for our relationship and for, for our business is being able to um, meet more in person over the last little while. That's something that we've started to, to implement is, is making a conscious decision to meet in person, whether it's a mutual location, whether it's I go down to LA, because let's get real, I only want you to come up to Canada when it's nice. So <laughs> it doesn't really make sense for you to come up. I don't want you to come up here in the winter. So why, why would that happen? But um, I think having that in person time um, and strategize or whether it's just, you know, bonding, hanging out, doing fun things that we like doing that helps us. And I think that's important for our relationship moving forward because yes, we like building businesses and projects and doing great things together, but we also like hanging out with each other and enjoy hanging out with each other and doing fun things. So, um, so I think that's really important is what's really helped us as well. Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting. Now, do you guys leverage video at all when you're talking, or do you just work over the phone when you're you know doing voice communication? It's actually funny. We don't. It's it, I, we do not use very much video. We easily could and should, but we just honestly don't. I think we've probably in the last few years we use video once in a while, um, like probably a handful of times. I would say like maybe five six times that we've probably had like a video chat. 
But for the most part, we it's usually whether it's a, a voice note over the phone. And that's actually one thing uh, that I guess I will provide kind of like a, a tip, kind of an insider hack for some of the listeners is one that we were using for a while, uh, an app that we were using that I don't use too much anymore because I, I got an iPhone now. Um, I finally converted from, from Android is um, we were using a, an app called Boxer. And basically what Voxer is, is you're able to send voice notes to different people. Um, yeah, so, so how, how did you use Voxer? Because I struggled with it. I set it up. I tried it. I used it a couple times with friends. I'm like, I don't get it. What yeah, was- so so basically how we how we used it, and it was, it was quite effective. And we used it for several, several months. And now if I want to send a voice note, I just do it over iMessage. But basically, we would just use it as kind of like a walkie-talkie type system. Um, where I had an idea or I have something like, Hey, we should do this or, Hey, we should implement this strategy or, Hey, I talked to this brand rather than typing out uh, an email or a message. I would just press the button and record my voice talking and I would send that and then do a 30 second voice note. So that way you can actually hear my voice. You can hear what I'm saying and he can do the same thing and you can like kind of like those posts from people. So like, there's like a little heart button on when you receive. So it's like, hey, if someone hearts it, you know, hey, like, I like that, or that's great, or I heard it. Um, You can see when people have read your or listened to your messages, sorry, too. And then they can reply back right away, too. So it was a really great way to like, instead of, hey, let's jump on a, you know, call and actually phone each other. It's like, I could be sending little 30 second or, you know, a minute long voice message to someone no matter where they are, kind of in a quick and efficient manner. So it's just kind of another way, I guess, of communicating with each other. But I think it's definitely something that's been effective um, because that way you actually get to, you know, hear the person's voice rather than just reading a message because some things, you know, can be misread or miscommunicated. So that's kind of how we used it. How about um, how about staying on the same page with Vision? I mean, are you guys true co-owners of the company, or uh, is Brian kind of the CEO, your COO? What's the how do who who controls or who sets the vision? And uh, if it's both of you, how do you set it? Yeah. So in terms of us, we're both um, we both are partners influencers, and we definitely make. Um, decisions together on we make decisions together on the vision of the company and, and where we're going and, and honestly it was it's not really hard for us because we both have very similar visions for influensive we we aren't um, conflicted in our in our choices but when I say that I think it's actually important for business and especially in partnerships or whatever type of business it is to have some sort of kind of pushback or some sort of ideas that maybe someone, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe like, for example, Brian says something, I'm like, ah, you know, maybe we should do it this way. Or have we, have you thought about doing it this way? I think it's important to have a little bit of pushback from partners, owners of a company, whatever it is, because I think that kind of creates a better culture that creates a more cohesive vision. And I think that's healthy for business. I think if you just agree with whoever it is, you're running a business with all the time, I don't think you're, you're building your business the best way that it could be and you're not really challenging yourself or you're challenging the business so in terms of us we're always um you know working together we have different ideas we give each other ideas when we can and um, we're always looking to just advance the brand to the next level and, and always just kind of keep that cohesive vision that we both have of creating a brand that you know helps inspire helps educate people around business around entrepreneurship and all those, uh, all those great things. 
That's cool. So one of the things I always work work on is um, is kind of growing my skill set. You know, I, I'm invested in uh, four different mastermind groups that I'm a part of, and um, I get coaching. I've got an accountability partner, um, and and that was really the the whole impetus for even starting what we call the COO Alliance, which is the only network of its kind in the world for the second in command. Where do you get your skill development to um, stay not relevant, but to stay ahead of the curve? You know, in growing companies the way we grow them, and then also, you know, as your company scales and gets more complex, where are you working to increase your skill set? Yeah, I, I love that question. Honestly, I think um, I've I've developed this mindset, and I think you probably have this similar mindset that I always have more to learn. I always can get better at anything, and I always want to continue to have that attitude. I always want to be someone that um, always is willing to learn. I don't want to get stagnant. I don't want to say that I'm good enough. I don't want to, you know reach that plateau. So I'm always looking for things. I'm, I'm reading nonstop, whether it's books, whether it's articles, whether it's social media posts, whatever it is, I'm, I, I consume a lot of content. Um, I create content as well. I'm a firm believer in also having those in-person connections. So I love going to different events. Um, I haven't um, been a part of um, a mastermind yet. Um, it is something that it, that I'm very interested in kind of moving forward is, is being a part of one or finding the right fit for myself. So that's something that I'm very uh, a big believer in. But I think just a mixture of having that attitude of always continuing to learn. I, I consume a lot of content. I'm always trying to stay ahead of the curve, seeing what other people are doing, always just trying to see what else we could do to, to apply to, to influence as a whole. Um, and, um, I just love the opportunities to go to events, go to masterminds, whatever it is, meet great people, learn from them, um, learn how they've done certain things and just really take and soak up as much as possible. So it's just really kind of like a multi-prong approach, but I'm always, always trying to, to learn more and expand and, and, and grow my skill set. That's cool. We had um, CEO that I worked with years ago for about five years. I coached the CEO and led their strategic planning meetings for about four or five years. Um, he's based in Geneva in Switzerland. And he applied all of his learning towards whatever the core projects he was working on over the next three months. So he would sit down and figure out what the plan was for the next three months. And he would devour any, any learning he could related to those kind of core projects. I thought that was a really interesting way to um, to really focus it. I think a lot of people spend time learning at random, you know, me included at times. And it just seemed like a really powerful way to get more ROI off of it was, you know, why would I bother reading about blue ocean strategy if I'm not worried about it right now? You know, if I've got right. a board meeting coming up in two months, why don't I read about board meetings? Right. And um, so he devours content related to that, which is kind of cool. That's, I like that. And that's, I think that's, I think that's some really great feedback, even, you know, for myself, because I can find that with me as well is obviously with the amount of content that's out there, you can go down different rabbit holes, of course. Um, and you can just start consuming all this content that, like you just said, that might be based on something that isn't very relevant to yourself as a person or as a entrepreneur or a business owner, but also your business and the stages that you're at. So I think that's a really great tip and insight for myself, but also for, you know, other listeners is, is to really consume content that, you know, is at those different stages that you're at in your life or you're in your business, because that's a really, really great tactic. I think that um, a lot of people can easily implement, you know, right now. Yeah, it kind of works, right? Yeah. So my assistant pinged me earlier today and she said, you're also a VP of another company at the same time. Is that true? 
I am, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wear uh, many different hats um, with a bunch of different projects and, and stuff that we're working on, yes. So how do you keep how do you keep those separate and focused? How do you kind of coordinate? I've always said a person can only sit on one toilet at a time, and if he sits on more than one toilet, it gets kind of messy. How do you split your time, or how do you keep yourself focused? And um, yeah, I think honestly, I'm definitely going to admit that I'm not the best. I haven't mastered um, anything yet in terms of how to be the best manager of my time. I know time is important and I try to use it as effectively, as efficiently as I can. That's good for me. And I still try to be productive on whatever projects I'm involved with. And um, I don't know if it's kind of like that a new millennial mindset, but I think if an opportunity comes around for you to be a part of a project or for you to be a part of a company or to help with something where you can help it, I'm a firm believer in saying yes if, you, if it's a good opportunity for you and figure it out later, if it's, if it's something that's going to push you in the right avenue, rather than saying no, and then looking back on and saying, oh, I regret this, or I should have at least tried, or I should have attempted it. I say, I'm a firm believer in saying yes and trying to figure it out after. Um, so in terms of you know how I structure my days and times, um, I've started to recently over the last few weeks, try to structure my days and times of the day for different projects that I'm involved with. So spending two hours here on influensive stuff or, you know, spending three hours on the other project, which is ship chain, doing different things, but also with the great, the other reason too, where I'm involved with two projects, you know, at the same time is, is they really, they complement each other. It's not like, I'm doing, you know, one thing over here and another thing over here and they're totally unrelated. It's not. We have a platform that reaches millions of people that we've built a community around and we've built, you know, a great community of fans that that enjoy our content, enjoy our everything and we have a section on blockchain technology and it's something that we're firm believers in and then on top of that we're building and growing a software company that um, is still in its early infant stages. And we have this platform that can help share, you know, that road, that journey that we're on with this. So that's kind of an advantage that we do have is we have a platform that can reach millions of people. So it doesn't matter what project we're working on. And it just kind of is able to kind of work together. So structuring my days can sometimes be a little bit crazy. And I can have calls dealing with one project and another project and I kind of bounce off of it a little bit. And I'm not going to say I've mastered it or anything. And it's still something that I want to continue to get better at. So if you have any ideas or any um, tactics or tricks that you've used, you know, working on two different projects at the same time, I would, I would love that. Or if you've heard from anyone else that you've, uh, you know, worked with or coached or something, but I'm always, always looking to get better and, and I haven't mastered it all just quite yet. Yeah, I mean, this one seems, and, and at least your co-founder with um, Influensive is also involved, but this one, ShipChain, just seems like so kind of completely different space. Is it going to become a core focus for you guys, or is it, are you seeing it as a, um, is Influensive going to go on, not autopilot, but will you put a team in place to then manage that? Yeah, in, in terms of Influensive, I think, like I said, we're only just getting started. It's something that Brian and I have, you know, Brian was essentially the creator of it. And then I came in there and helped create more of it with them and kind of help push 
into the different avenues we have. So I don't think that's ever something that we will ever let go of, you know, anytime soon. Um, because like I said, it, it's still very early. We're bringing in the right support staff to help us um, maintain that and continue to grow because some of the calls I've been having and, and people I'm connecting with, you know, over the last weeks and months are really going to take influensive kind of to the next level. And, and um, with that in ship chain, it's not overly that much different. It's yes, it's in a different space. It's dealing with, you know, the supply chain and blockchain and technology, but really where my skills lie and everything that I've done with Influensive is really, I'm just doing in a different industry. I'm just doing with a different set of companies, dealing with Fortune 100 companies, business development partnerships, which is really what I focused on with Influensive. Um, already. So some of those things are similar. But like I said, we have this platform now with Influensive that also has a blockchain section that we can share, um, you know, different articles or different updates, or I don't like to call them press releases, because I'm not a fan of press releases. And, and you know, neither is Brian, but essentially, we have a media platform, a media brand that can help get the word out about whatever projects we're doing. And, and that's a great asset that we have. Um, with ship chain is, is we have it and and yeah it's great to obviously work alongside with brian on the core team of ship chain when we also have influence um you know together as well that's really cool have you um have you heard of a company called blue grace logistics at all no i don't think i have no they're a, a big freight and logistics company based out of tampa florida okay uh, raised 125 million from Warburg Pincus earlier last year. Nice. They're, they're a company that I've coached for four years. I've coached their CEO and their leadership team. So awesome. Interesting stumbling on what you guys are doing and seeing if there's a fit at all for you guys to talk. Yeah, that'd be great for sure. No, that'd be, I would really appreciate that for sure. So, so how do you, how do you manage your time then on a daily basis, weekly basis? Do you backward schedule? Do you go off of priority and urgency? How do you, um, how do you plan? Yeah, I, I think, I think it's, I think the words that you said at the end, the priority and urgency, I think is something that's, I'm a real firm believer in. So um, let's take, for example, something that actually happened this morning, straight, this is, this is real life, like, you're getting the the real gist of it is, yeah. I read an article last week, that talked about different companies that are focusing on tracking and tracing things on the supply chain and they're investigating with blockchain technology. I read this article on a site right away after that. I went on LinkedIn, connect with, connected with the people that were in that article or there. They accepted my connections on LinkedIn. I send them messages right away saying, hey, this is, I think there's some talk that we should talk about some synergies or you know possible collaborations we can do together. And one thing led to another where I had um, a call this morning at 6.30 in the morning at my time. His, it was, he wanted an 8.30 p.m. Eastern or 8.30 a.m. Eastern time call, which is 6.30 my time. So I woke up at 6 this morning, which usually I don't wake up that early, starting to, but I usually don't get up that early, especially if you don't have calls that early. And it was the CTO of a 10,000 person company that does, you know, two to $5 billion a year in revenue. So I took that call, I acted on that because it was something that came up and it happened. So if the right opportunity comes, or I have right. an opportunity to jump on a call with, with a C-level executive um, for a big company for a partnership, no matter if it has to deal with influence or ship chain, I'm going to focus on that because that's going to push the needle forward in, in one of the two projects. 
And then on top of that, I had, you know, another call this morning, which was a really big potential partner for us with Implensive that will really help our content reach even more people. So it really is kind of like that urgency and kind of what comes up and what happens. And, and it's crazy with the types of things that happen and, and when you act on things. And I don't really structure my days too, too structured. Besides, I like to also take some time in the morning um, to kind of have some me time. I like to read, so I don't. I don't like to, you know, jump directly into work right in the morning. I kind of check updates here and there. I'll check my emails. I have three different emails. I check my social media feeds, see what's happening, but I don't really act on anything yet. And then I kind of, you know, t- take some time, get into the day. Sometimes I'll go for a run. Sometimes I'll just, you know, sit and read a book, have some tea, whatever it is, and then I'll jump into the day and try and do it. And then another structure that I try and do as well is I structure this with my calendar is I have certain times throughout the day that I will have calls with people um, rather than just saying, oh, here, I'm open anytime. There's certain times throughout the day and I try not to have calls on Fridays um, and I try not to have calls on Mondays. I try to combine Tuesday to Thursdays jam pack as much as I can um, because I find on Mondays and Fridays can be kind of like things that would just happen or you know something you know fun also comes up and that's where I think it's important in business it doesn't matter how many projects I'm juggling you need to also have a life and you need to realize that and that's where I have realized that that it's not about the amount of hours you put into the day it's about how productive you are it's about your results and if you can do something in five hours a day rather than someone that maybe takes 12 hours, good for you. That's awesome. And also take some time for yourself and, and make sure that you're still in the condition and your health is important because that's the other thing too, is I know my health is super, super important if I'm going to continue to help build and grow multiple businesses at the same time. So I also need to be able to focus and, and take some focus on myself and make sure that you know I'm in tip top shape and, and I can act at the top of, of, of my ability. Yeah, you've done a really good job with your time blocking for sure. It's critical and, and there's not a lot of people do that, especially somebody that sounds like like you who, um, as you said, are going to say yes more often than you say no, that you've got to certainly be good at that. So give us, um, let's let's kind of wrap up with um, with one area that you are just kind of maybe a unique ability or a strength, something that you figured out in the business world that maybe is your superpower. You probably take it for granted, but something that you could pass on as a tip or something you do that you know others could benefit from. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, it's funny. And I kind of just touched on this a little bit, a little bit earlier with, with one of my stories um, and, and kind of insights into something that happened today. But I've, I've started to realize it a lot more over the last few weeks is everything that I've been able to do building influence has been remotely. I'm not having meetings with people in person 95% of the time. Um, the 5% of the time when I have, am having meetings, I'm a great in-person meter. I love meeting people in person. I love building connections on a deeper level. I love meeting people at conferences, you know, going for drinks, having dinner, lunches, all that stuff. But I'm very, very good at finding people and getting access to people online doesn't matter where I am. I can connect with C-level people. I can connect with decision makers, whether I'm on a beach in Mexico or whether I'm at home in Edmonton, Canada. And that's kind of something that I've started to realize is I have this ability to access and do business development online using different tools, using social media, using the personal brand that I've built to really get access to people and to get answers from people and to really 
also have people get back to me. And I think it's been, it's not something that has happened, you know, overnight. And it's not like this, something that's just clicked. It's taken time and it's taken effort. And I think it's combined a bunch of things combined that have, have allowed me to do this. But I think one of my superpowers is just getting access to anyone. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm basically one or two degrees away from, you know, a lot of the top people in the world in business. And if I really want to find a way to get to you, I will find a way to get to you. And, and um, I think that's probably uh, my superpower. That's really cool. That's yeah. You've definitely got this thing dialed. <laughs> All right, thanks for sharing with us. I appreciate it. Clearly, um, you know, a former athlete like you are applying all those kind of skills of an athlete into the business world and it's, it's working for you. So thanks for sharing all the ideas with us today on the Second in Command podcast. Appreciate it and stay in touch. Good luck with all the success and say hi to Brian as well. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Cameron. I appreciate it. It was, it was awesome to, to be on the show. And um, yeah, I hope, uh, hope the listeners got some, some good insights and, and I look forward to, uh, you know, continue to collaborate with you some more. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. You bet. Take, Take care. care. You've been listening to Second in Command with Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. To learn more best practices from industry-leading COOs, please visit COOalliance.com.